Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Joining me on the line from Diabetes UK is Daniel Howarth. Good afternoon, Daniel. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Now, thank you for joining us today on the programme. Tell us a bit about World Diabetes Day. Oh, well, thank you very much, Jill, for for having us on the programme. Um, so World Diabetes Day is a internationally-led day uh, run by the International Diabetes Federation um, and right across the world everybody all the countries raise awareness um, about certain aspects of diabetes each each year has a different theme um, and this year's theme is the complications of diabetes so people raise awareness they, they use the color blue as a symbolism um, and it's the birthday of um, one of the discoverers of insulin so that's why today is the day I see. Now, I am a diabetic myself. I've been diabetic since I was a baby, Daniel. And uh, unfortunately, at the age of 19, I lost my sight completely due to the complications of diabetes. It was, of course, diabetic retinopathy. Now, we yeah. do know that, that there's type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. And uh, one of the misconceptions is that uh, blindness and complications like amputation uh, can only affect people with type 1 diabetes. But, but there is type 2 diabetic that the you know lose their sight and lose limbs and you know terrible things can happen to type 2 diabetics as well can't they absolutely yeah firstly i'm really sorry to hear about your your struggle that obviously was happening uh, not too long ago by the sound of your voice but um yeah uh, it's it's awful and it is one of the um, most feared complications um is to to lose your sight as you obviously have First hand with, and it is a big misconception that only people with a certain type of diabetes get these complications. There are um, all the complications of diabetes um, affect all people with the different diabetes. It's absolutely, um, yeah, it is a myth that no one type of diabetes can cause different problems or, or different complications. So, yeah, absolutely right. Well, bless your heart for saying, you know, that, that it doesn't sound like it was too long ago. It was actually 20 years ago. So, you know, oh. I'm, I'm very lucky in a way that, you know, I have really got my head around it. But there are people that, that do suffer with really, really bad complications <coughs> of diabetes, like myself. I mean, I've, I've got more than, than just blindness. You know, it's affected my feet and, you know, the feeling in my hands and, and so many different, in my heart, you know, and, and I look after myself, Dan. Daniel, which is really, really frustrating. It just so happens that I have very, very brittle diabetes. And uh, as much as, you know, these things can be managed, if you're a brittle diabetic, it, it can be, you know, quite soul-destroying. Absolutely. I agree 100%. It's um, <clears throat> all of the complications. The, the, there's two separate categories of complications. Small blood vessels, microvascular, and large blood vessels, which is macrovascular. And they're the, the kind of coronary heart disease, the strokes, and, and those two, really. And the rest of them seem to be these small blood vessels. Now, if you have the complications, or if your body has the complications of, of retinopathy, small blood vessels in the back of the eye, then you're likely to also get other complications like neuropathy, so the small blood vessels that feed the nerves. Now, some people like yourself are just super, super unlucky, and it's genetics, and, you know, you obviously have some, you, as you described, you've got really good control, and you still get these harrowing complications. And there's some people who are unfortunately the opposite end of the spectrum who are really lucky 
and have horrendous control and don't have any complications. We do know that people who take control through diabetes education courses are less likely to have these complications. But again, as you're a case in point, that isn't 100% of everybody. But there are things that we can do to reduce our risk. And one of those things is to get, uh, get to know about diabetes and learn more about diabetes so that we can adjust it for our day-to-day -day life. See, this is the thing that, that really confuses me. When you consider how many people throughout the world are, are you know, now suffering with diabetes, you would think that, that particularly type 2 diabetes, which can be diet related, you would think that a lot more people would be, you know, kind of a little more careful. But I guess it's, it's uh, a lot of it is to do with, with it'll never happen to me. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we should ever be blaming or, or trying to pass, pass further guilt or, or fault onto people with diabetes. I think controlling diabetes, preventing diabetes is so multifactorial that, it's, that it involves people with diabetes, people without diabetes, the, the general public, the government, industry, charities. We all need to come together to focus on diabetes. Yes, I, I'm not, um, I would never go as far as blaming anybody, Daniel, because oh, at sure. the end of the day, you know, as, as much as I look after my own control and, you know, it's it's pretty okay, I was very, one of the very unlucky ones. So I would never say to anybody, it doesn't matter how you control your diabetes, you know, this will happen anyway, because it's not true. Because I think for the, the large majority of people, actually good control is the only way to prevent these complications. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are things that we can do to, to, to reduce that risk, as, as I said. So things like smoking, um, stopping smoking is a really good idea if people do smoke. Um, making these healthier lifestyle choices, no matter what type of diabetes you have, exercise and healthy eating is a really good way of, of helping to control. Um, so, yeah, there is things that people can do. It's whether they have access. And it's also... It's quite difficult for people to get up and get out of the chair and go and exercise. Oh, very much so. And I know that as, as I've got older, I mean, as I say, I've got so many more complications, even down to things like my knees. Uh, because of my diabetes, it makes it very, very hard to motivate yourself to get out and walk, um, you know, when you're when you're in pain. But uh, I have to say, you know, one of the things that I would love to be able to use, Daniel, is the insulin pump. And I just can't because I can't see. And uh, this is one of the things that, you know, I'm always looking into the new technologies and, you know, hoping that one day they'll have a talking uh, insulin pump because I know that at the moment they cannot close the loop for type 1 diabetics on this insulin pump to, to you know, the, the technology is just not there. The algorithms are not there uh, for the insulin pump to work as a kind of almost like a... a a bionic pancreas so you know I, I would really this is what I would love to see in the future for blind diabetics for better control absolutely I totally agree and I think that that's something that you and I could probably put a patent on just before anybody else does because I think it's such a good idea um, as you are very much probably aware and many of your listeners are probably aware the talking blood glucose meter really helped people with related eye um, vision loss, um, it really, really helped them getting to feel a little bit more independent, I presume. Um, so having talking technology really seems to be helping people who are in your situation as well.
without a doubt, Daniel, I couldn't be without my blood tester. And I test my blood, you know, up to eight times a day. And uh, it's always so incredibly important to know where you are with your diabetes. So, you know, for me, I mean, many, many years ago, I've been diabetic pretty much all my life. That's 40 years nearly. And and the, the change in control and the way things are, are managed now is just incredible. I mean, it's almost a reversal of, of what I used to do. But, you know, in saying that, you know, diabetes, UK has been a complete lifeline for me and my family all the way through. That's really, really good to know. Really good to know. That's put a big smile on my face. Not that I didn't have one before, but it's really good to know. We are there to support people with diabetes, but not just people with diabetes, the families, friends, the general public, and people at risk of diabetes. And people, if any of your listeners are in that wanting to contact or wanting to see the more support that we do, um, our website, diabetes.org.uk, um, or we'll direct people. Or we have a helpline, which um, is 0345-123-2399. And the website is absolutely packed full of information. I mean, honestly, any kind of ailment that you might be facing as a diabetic, uh, any complication is there in full. And uh, there's great links on the website as well. So I would urge people that uh, may be struggling with their diabetes, type 1 or type 2, or, or may think that they, they might be suffering from diabetes. Before you go, Daniel, will you just um, explain to people what some of the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, if people think that they may have diabetes you know what what could they be suffering with sure so the symptoms symptoms <laughs> thank you symptoms. yeah <clears throat> well first we should differentiate between the two so type type 1 and type 2 diabetes have very similar symptoms but the speed that they affect us is very different so the symptoms are um drinking a lot um going to the toilet for wheeze quite a lot particularly during the night uh losing weight slow healing wounds, um, itches down below, so potential thrush, um, and blurred vision. And these symptoms come on very, very quickly in people with type 1 diabetes and not so quickly in people with type 2. So anybody who's at risk of type 2 diabetes, so that is the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the over 40s in the white European population and the over 25s in the Southeast Asian population, um, people who are overweight or obese, people with a family history, and people from a non-white ethnicity are more at risk. So those people should be getting checked out um, at least yearly. Well, Daniel, it's been fascinating talking to you today. It really has. And thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. The very best of luck with World Diabetes Day today. Thank you very much, Jill. It's been my pleasure. And uh, all the very best for yourself and all your listeners. Thank you very much, Daniel. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.